Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. We need the Holy Spirit desperately, desperately. I always remember this, and I'll quote this every time, and you will get sick of hearing it from me, but this is the most impact, one of the most impactful stories I've ever heard concerning a leader of the Chinese church coming to America and touring all our beautiful American churches. And his assessment after he toured all the churches, not all, literally all the churches, but big churches in, in our beautiful country, his assessment is like, I can't believe how much you guys get done without the Holy Spirit. That's a major indictment of the American church. We're really good at not needing the Holy Spirit. We'll invite him to warm our hearts during an emotional worship set on Sunday morning, but then he's often left out when it comes to our daily lives and even in the planning and programming that goes on in our churches. As Pastor James will challenge us in today's message, we need to let the Holy Spirit take the lead in our lives, not just seek him for a stamp of approval so that we can finalize our plans. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. So this is the celebration of the first harvest or the first fruits. Notice this happens uh, a few days after the um, festival of unleavened bread. So this first fruit also is a representation of when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. God split that thing, not the reed sea, which is shallower, but the red sea, which is deeper. Both miracles, if they happened, okay? If he parted a little creek and millions of people were able to pass through on dry land, still a miracle, pretty impressive. But the red sea, which is where it happened, uh, incredible. This is also part of like the reminder of that. Jesus is, serves as, you know, the fulfillment here is his resurrection, the first fruits of new creation. The word there, the term, uh, terminology there for us is consecration. Living, a new, living in newness of life as a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's our celebration for this. So what I'm gonna have you do is jump back over into 1 Corinthians. There's a lot in 1 Corinthians here, okay? Which makes me think like eventually one of these days we're gonna be going through the book of 1 Corinthians. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I should probably tell you which verse and which or chapter and verse. Uh, chapter 15, verse 20. 1 Corinthians, it's a fun book. It's a really fun book. And uh, man, if there's, if there's a book that helps you remain humble, it's 1 Corinthians and you're like, holy cow. Um, this is what the, yeah, this is the church and all its beauty and flaws. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 23 says this, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the, uh, into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun in another man. 
Just as every, everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised at the first of the harvest. There we go. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. So again, Paul addressing the church there, but just reminding them, look, what was stated in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in Jesus. And resurrection is a reality. It's a reality for if you, if you pass away before the rapture of Christ, you, you, resurrection is, is a reality for you, for those loved ones who are in Christ Jesus. Um, now we can go into a lot of eschatology type stuff with what about the unsaved? And I'm speaking specifically of believers right now. Um, there is hope for you. Born twice, die once, right? That, that's that's kind of what you want, right? Not born once, die twice. That's not what you want. You want to be born twice, born again. Uh, and then if you pass away before the rapture and before this whole thing ends, you'll be resurrected. You have been resurrected in one sense because the old you was buried and you were raised to new life in Christ Jesus. That's part of this whole um, surrendering your life to Jesus, and then baptism signifies that in, in just a beautiful way. Um, but resurrection is reality for us, and Christ is our resurrection, and he, was the, he fulfilled this first fruits, his harvest, festival of uh, first harvest through his resurrection. Kind of cool. The last spring one, this is Pentecost. Savan 7 is the, would be the month and the day. It says, from the day after the Sabbath, this is verse 15, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, count off seven full weeks. Keep counting until the day after the seventh Sabbath, 50 days later. Pentecost means 50, okay? Pentecost means 50. Then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, here's the key, bring two loaves of bread, two loaves of bread, to be lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. Make these loaves from four quarts of choice flour and bake them with yeast. What? Oh, yeah. Hey, guess what, church? Yeast is in, is in, is in the midst of what we do. <laughs> we're, not, we're not, you know, yeast-free here. The church is not free of, of sin. There's sin in the church. Oh, no, who is it? No, no, it's us. It's all of us, okay? Now, I'm not talking about specific sins and all that good stuff. We deal with that. That happens sometimes. I'm just talking about we wrestle with sin. We wrestle with sin. What I love about this is you got two loaves of bread, Jews, Gentiles, both loaves cooked with yeast, both offered up to the Lord as an offering. Pentecost, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, People getting saved like crazy. The whole book of Acts. You see that when, when the spirit falls on the Gentiles, that, that second loaf of bread whoosh, got lifted up. It's amazing. Fulfilled. They will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. Along with the bread, present one seven-year-old male, or present seven, sorry, one-year-old male lambs with no defects. One uh, young bull, two rams, and two rams as a burnt offerings to the Lord, as burnt offerings to the Lord. Blah. These, uh, I've had four cups of coffee today. So if I'm moving quick, that's why my, whew, the blood is flowing. Um, it's probably not a good idea for me to drink four cups of coffee to eat before church day, but you know, that's my day. Um, 
The burnt offerings together with the grain offerings and liquid offerings will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Then you must offer one male goat as a sin offering and two one-year-old male lambs as a peace offering. Okay. The priest will lift up the two lambs as a special offering to the Lord, together with the loaves representing the first of your crops. These offerings, which are holy to the Lord, belong to the priest. That same day will be proclaimed as an official day for a holy assembly, a day on which no ordin- uh, you will do no ordinary work. This is a permanent law for you. It must be observed from generation to generation, wherever you live. Okay, same, same thing. Doesn't matter. You take these things with you. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord, your God. So again, even within the festivals and the festival of harvest, God is saying, which we see this lived out in the book of Ruth, okay? A tremendous rule, a great law that God himself instituted. Why? Because he cares about he cares about those who don't have that much, and he cares about the foreigners who are living among them. He's like, don't be greedy, but it's my field. It's my crops. Technically, it's not. It's God's, because he gave it to you. And if without him, you, you don't have any crops. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how, how much you water and all that stuff. Without God, the crops don't grow. The land all belongs to him. The water belongs to him. The sun belongs to him. All of it belongs to him. Now, he lets you steward maybe this plot of land, and he says, within that, let the crops grow, but don't be greedy in your harvesting. Save some for other people. It's a good rule. It's a good law. And again, read the book of Ruth, because that, I mean, you see that lived out. It's so cool. It's such a, I love the book of Ruth. Um, tremendous. But this is the festival of harvest or Pentecost. This is the giving of the law. This is when uh, this kind of signifies that. But it also, for New Testament-wise, it's signifying the Holy Spirit indwelling believers. Dependence is the word here. Um, so you, if you notice, we have redemption for Passover. We have sanctification for unleavened bread. We have uh, consecration for the first fruits. And for Pentecost, we have dependence. Not independence, dependence. Because again, a reminder, you're part of a loaf that was made with yeast and you need the Holy Spirit in your life to live a consecrated life, to get through this process of sanctification, to enjoy this redemption that you freely have in Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit desperately, desperately. I always remember this, and I'll quote this every time, and you will get sick of hearing it from me, but this is the most impact, one of the most impactful stories I've ever heard concerning a leader of the Chinese church coming to America and touring all our beautiful American churches. And his assessment after he toured all the churches, not all, literally all the churches, but big churches in, in our beautiful country, his assessment is like, I can't believe how much you guys get done without the Holy Spirit. It's a, a tremendous indictment on the church because we, we're really good at not needing him. The sad reality is, I mean, Pentecost was like the fulfillment of that thing, the, the outpouring of the third part of the triune God and God himself and all his wisdom and, and knowledge saying, no, no, you need me and I'm gonna dwell inside of you. Pentecost, like, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour myself out. I'm gonna dwell inside of you. Dependence, walking in the spirit. We need the Holy Spirit every single day. Every single day. Holy Spirit, please fill me today. Fill me today. Um, and it's the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it's the Holy Spirit who brings Jews and Gentiles together into one body. Uh, I mean, he, he's the one who, who puts us into this body. It's a beautiful thing. We need the Holy Spirit. Your, any New Testament references, I would just say the book of Acts. I'm just going to say, read the book of Acts. Um, if you need some, and now specifically one, and more specifically chapter two, but um, just read the book of Acts if you want to understand the festival of Pentecost, okay? All right, so now we get into the fall ones. They, these are the three that we have yet to see fulfilled, okay? The first four, we have seen. You can, you can mark these things historically, these things have happened. In Christ Jesus, these have happened. These last three have not happened yet. They have not been fulfilled. And specifically, that first one is the one we are most intrigued by, I think, because we're like, I'm, I'm listening for that trumpet blast, right? Like, I want to hear that thing. So you have the festival of trumpets. Um, this is what the New Living Translation calls it. I understand that your Bible has a different, maybe has a different title for this, but um, the Festival of Trumpets. This is um, a tremendous uh, fall time. Uh, Tashiri one, if I'm saying that month right. If not, forgive me. But this will be the Jewish New Year, okay? So the Lord, of, uh, the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. It will be an official day a ho- for a holy assembly, a day commemorated with a loud, with loud blast of, trump, of a trumpet. You must do no ordinary work on that day. Instead, you are, present, you are to present special gifts to the Lord. And that's all the details we have in this thing. It's kind of a mystery. We know time frame wise when this is going to be happening. It's in the fall, in September uh, sometime, right? Uh, and... This, it, it, somebody blasts a horn and, hey, it's the festival of trumpets. And for the church, um, so obviously, New Year, and, and this signifies like creation of the world. Um, for us, the church, it's the rapture. Uh, some words there for us to be mindful of is watchful. Uh, the other word that, was, that I found in, in studying through this was warfare, Watchful, and I always added warfare to watchful. Watchful and warfare were kind of hand in hand for this, for this festival, which makes sense as we see his time drawing closer that there's a lot more warfare going on. Um, we, we also know you can um, go over to Matthew chapter 24, that Olivet Discourse, and God says, Jesus specifically was telling his followers it's going to get bad. The warfare is going to, it's going to intensify, okay? As the day draws closer, the, the warfare will intensify. So the, the other word thing that I would have there is be ready. Be ready, okay? Don't, don't try to play that game of like, well, I'll get ready when I think it's close. No, no, no. You stay ready. You stay ready. I mean, we're, we're going to go into these fall festivals, 
could this be the time where the rapture happens? I don't know. I don't know. But I can't say no because I don't know. Going into September, I think I should just probably just be paying attention. Probably keep my eyes on the Lord. September can come and can go, and there's no rapture. Am I disappointed? Well, a little bit, but not a lot. Because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. But every time September comes around, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm like, all right, Lord, okay. Now, nobody knows the day or the hour. I get that. But we also, I mean, he was pretty, all these first four happened exactly when they were fulfilled exactly on the day when they were supposed to be fulfilled. So don't write any books about how the rapture is going to happen in September and all that stuff. Don't do that. But just pay extra attention, right? Just, Just pay attention. Be ready. Be ready. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I should just tell you to leave your finger there, but this, this is the last time in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 52. Uh, I already read these. Um, here, no, I didn't. Um, that's, <laughs> I was looking at the wrong, wrong one there. 51 through 52, it says, if I can get these tabs off of here. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will, be trans- we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to, uh, to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. You can continue on going through there. Uh, some of my favorite verses are towards the end of chapter 15 there. But there's going to be a trumpet blast. And we always associate. Now, where you're at on that whole trip or that whole uh, rapture thing, um, again, that's an open-handed issue, but I believe it is pre-trib, okay? <laughs> because I think Jesus loves his bride and I don't think he wants his bride going through. Uh, if it was me and I was betrothed to Nellie and I go to prepare a place for her and all that good stuff, and if I knew bad stuff was gonna be going down, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna rescue my bride, so she didn't go through any of that stuff. That's just, that's just my, vo- my viewpoint on it, but whatever. Hey, guess what? There's gonna be a trumpet blast and we're gonna, we're gonna be gone. We're gonna be gone, okay? That's true. We know that. That's closed-fisted. That's not like, well, I don't know if it's gonna happen or not. No, that's gonna happen. When? I don't know. It doesn't matter to me that much because it's going to happen. And this will be the fulfillment of this festival of trumpets. Go to the next one, Day of Atonement. Lord said to Moses, be careful to celebrate the day of atonement on the 10th day of that same month. Nine days after the festival of trumpets, you must observe it as an official day for a holy, for a holy assembly, a day to deny yourselves or to fast and present special gifts to the Lord. Do not work during that entire day because it is the day of atonement. When offerings of purification are made for you, making you right with the Lord, your God. All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people. And I will destroy anyone among you who does not or who does any work on that day. You think he's serious about this one? I think he's serious about this. Um, You must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you. And on that day, you must deny yourselves for the third time. Deny yourself. Again, your translation may say fast. 
fast, okay? Fasting is denying yourself, right? It's a proper translation there. This day of rest will begin at sundown on the ninth day of the month and extend until Sunday on the 10th. So you have the holiest day, the holiest and a national day of forgiveness, atonement. This day of atonement fulfillment would be um, fulfilled by the second coming of Jesus, the return of him. So not the rapture, that's happened, the trumpet. But when he comes back, as king, atonement. The key word here is repentance. Repentance. It's just owning it. And there will be a day when the nation of Israel truly recognizes Jesus. Oh, he's, he is the Messiah. He is the king, right? And we see that, that transpire all throughout the, the tribulation time. You got 144,000 Jews getting saved evangelizing, all that good stuff. But they, there will be a day when not just the Jews, but when everybody who is left on this planet will see him coming back as a king on a white stallion. Like, oh, that's the guy. He's the one. He's the one. I don't know what this bozo was over here that we were make forced to worship and who was setting up you know, idols in the temple and all that good stuff. But this is the one. This would be the day of the holiest. The, this is for Israel, the holiest day, the national uh, a national holiday, so to speak, but it's, it's that of forgiveness, atonement. Second come of Jesus, repentance, and you can turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, um, verses 29 through 30. This is uh, obviously from the Olivet Discourse, 29 through 30. This is just speaking of some end times kind of events of his return. Uh, let's see, and immediately... 24, 29 through 30. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. And then at last, the sign, of, uh, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. So this day of atonement is kind of represented by Jesus's return. And then the last one, festival of booths or shelter. 15 through 22, the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters or the festival of booths um, on the 15th day of the appointed month. This is all within the uh, seventh month, which seven, number of completion, perfection, and this is like the most... This is the most rocking month in the Jewish calendar, okay? Um, yeah, these, three happen, these three final uh, festivals happening in September, it's just like jam-packed with just good stuff. Begin celebrating the, the festival of shelters on the 15th day of the appointed month, five days after the Day of Atonement. This festival uh, to the Lord will last for seven days. On the first day of the festival, you must proclaim an official day for a holy assembly, when you do no ordinary work. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. The eighth day is another holy day on which you present your special gifts to the Lord. This will be a solemn occasion and no ordinary work may be done on that day. So let's pause there for a second. Uh, the Festival of Tabernacles or, or booths or shelters, um, it's coming into the promised land is what it would signify. For the Christians, New Testament times, it's the thousand-year reign of Christ. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless. 
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James is making his way through the book of Leviticus. Now, when we open the book of Leviticus, we first read these words. The Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He starts talking to Moses about the offerings that the people are to bring. In chapter 1, verse 9, he says, And the priest shall burn all of it on the altar, as a burnt offering, a food offering, with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The animals they offered were to be without blemish. Now, we know that when Jesus died on the cross, he was the perfect Lamb of God. And yet the writer of Romans says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. We no longer sacrifice animals to cover our sin, but in reverence and in worship of Jesus who paid that price for us once and for all, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. The book of Leviticus can open our eyes to how we're to live before the King of Kings. Here at Bread for the Broken, we're committed to helping people find hope and new life in Jesus. To hear other great messages filled with that hope and life, head over to breadforthebroken.com. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. That's all that we have for today. Pastor James will be back with you next time, right here on Bread for the Broken.